Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. All right. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast on Tour Live. It is Thursday, December 16th. My name is Brian Brinkman. I'm a producer here at Osiris Media. And I'm joined, as always, these two wonderful people who are so excited and so ready to talk about fish new year's eve we're gonna be happy and positive about all this aren't we it's fish new year's eve it's something worth celebrating isn't it live in here again i feel like i I just sit down and the camera goes on what's happening that's what we do i call you when we just immediately go to showtime (laughs) 
there's, there's no private conversations between the three of us. It's all in the public. I think we should just continue this every Tuesday, Thursday for the rest of our lives. This is a great I'm way to it. spend the afternoon. You know, I don't know what I enjoy more, yeah. the show or like sending gems to each other and being like, ah, you're <laughs> listening fun. to that too. That's fun. That's isn't so it? fun. <laughs> so fun. Megan, how are you doing here today? I'm good. I can't believe it's the 16th of December. We're getting really close to the holidays. It's, it's <sighs> kind of crazy. Are either of you panicked at all about um, Christmas presents? I went shopping today out in public. Good for you. Awful. That's no, where I'm awful. feeling. <laughs> Nothing is going to arrive on time if you order it now. That's that's what I keep no. loading. I have so many emails in my inbox from just like whatever company I've bought like clothes oh, shit, products from me. in the past. And they're like, oh, everything will be after December 25th starting at like four o'clock today. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went to yeah. order something yesterday at 2.30 and they were like, order by 2 p.m. And I'm like, God. <laughs> <laughs> just missed it. I know. I feel like I'm going to be wrapping a lot of printouts this year. Like they're yes. going to open boxes and be like, guess what you're getting? Right. Who knows when? We gave all my uh, nieces and nephews a uh, my, on my wife's side, a trip to Denver in 2022 for awesome because we want to see them and we want to give them like a trip to the mountains. But it was also like, we, we'd had this present kind of hanging as like, we're going to give this out to the nieces and nephews here in the next couple of years. Cause they were all at that age. We want to spend time with them away from their parents, you know, give them that like cool little trip type of thing. But we were also like, nothing that we order will arrive on time. So this is the perfect <laughs> year to just like tell them what their present is. That's awesome. Well played. Yeah. Yeah. John, how are you doing? Uh, I, I seriously just was reminded that I need to like hit commit to this cart that I have of some purchases. So just, <laughs> so that's what you're doing right now. We can well, leave you to not it. kidding. <laughs> like, Oh crap. I really needed to hit buy. Um, yeah, no, I'm great. I'm great. Um, I, you know, I, I, I actually hung out with the Wook plus gang last night. Can I talk about that? Cause they're really you can. nice. That was a and, great, uh, great conversation. Those fun. guys are so good. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. Um, I think people can find it on their, uh, I don't know where they can find it They're on their YouTube page. And, uh, yeah, we talked about all kinds of stuff, including fish, but also all kinds of other stuff. So it was fun. That's so cool. Yeah. That. Yeah. Those guys are super fun. I tuned into it and, uh, I thought it was a really good show. You do, uh, you, you are always eternally great behind the mic, this combination of, relaxed knowledge like those two uh, aspects are are, are are what you bring to the table in a very good way so i was i appreciated just watching it it was good thank you you're absolutely welcome we are here to talk about a very special day do we think that this is as special day of a day as the two days prior i think Look, that we're told that this to is a tell you day. about ranking again <laughs> I have a feeling about that. I don't know if we want to wait on that, but Let's save I have that. a strong no, feeling no, we're about gonna that. We're going to save that because I, 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 I got that. thoughts. Me too. Hear it. But we're going to talk about the capstone day to each year, December 31st, New Year's Eve. And we're going to spend a little bit of time towards the end of the show talking about New Year's Day because Fish will be playing a New Year's Day show this year. I believe it's their fourth ever, if I have mm -hmm. my math correct. They've played in 2011, 2016. 15 no 2016 and 
yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah, thank you. Um, I always get it figured like messed up. Like, which New Year's run is it? The 14, 2014 run or the 2015 run? You know, it just like once it carries over, it's all all bets are off. But um, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're going to talk about New Year's Eve, which is always such a star studded show for fish. There's so much packed in there, so much energy, three sets, so much excitement. But before we do that, Jonathan. Oh, tell well, us a me, bit about our presenting sponsor. Let me tell you about Shift Genuine Cannabis. These guys are great. They uh, they brought us back. You know, we uh, HF Pod was uh, wrapped up, done, and they uh, they reached out and said, "Come on back." And that is how we have HF Pod on tour. And you know, it goes great with tour cannabis. I'm told that's true. I, I wouldn't know myself. I'm kidding. Um, HF Pod on tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, based and sold in Colorado. The Osiris team, uh, well, we had a chance to go to the Shift Ranch outside Telluride and tour the grow. It was an amazing experience in so many ways. Uh, but the biggest takeaway is the care and attention to detail that Shift puts into growing their flower facility was beautiful. It was high tech. Uh, every detail controlled and in place. We got to meet their, uh, their scientists on site, hear all about the tissue culture and advanced propagation techniques and I, whew, plant science way over my head, man. But it was cool. And uh, they saw how they track billions of data points through every every step of the process, uh, controlling all their environmental conditions and analyzing everything to ensure that the product you get is consistent, pure, and of the highest quality. Uh, Shift sells flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, concentrates, uh, and you can visit them at shiftcannabis.com to learn more. How about that? They're pretty cool. I, lo I love me some Shift. I'm so thankful that they brought us back. Amazing, amazing company. We have another cool sponsor. I think, uh, Megan, do? do you want to tell us about them? Sure, I'd love to. We want to take a second to shout out our other sponsor, which is Section 119. If you've ever seen Brian or RJ out and about, they might have been sporting their donut hoodie. It's amazing on both of them. And Brian likes to tell us it feels like a hug. Is that true, Brian? It, wear, it wears you like a hug. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, Section 119 was started by a couple of huge fans who wanted more than just a t-shirt to show their appreciation for our favorite bands. They've got Grateful Dead merchandise, Fish merchandise, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, some Jerry Garcia band merchandise. So check them out. They're running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays. So visit section119.com to check them out. You can find cool gifts for your wife, your husband, your brother, your dad, your cousin, your uncle. Whatever you can even treat yourself. Oh, definitely get something for that cool uncle of yours, right? Yeah. Where would we, we be without the uncle. cool uncles? They deserve. Right? I mean, he probably turned you on to the Grateful Dead or to Fish. Exactly. So get him something for the holidays. So go to section119.com and on your way out, please let them know that your friends at HF Pod sent you. You can take a post purchase survey on your order confirmation page. Absolutely. All right. Amazing stuff. And yes, I will be buying my cool uncle some section <laughs> 119 clothes because if we I want to turn this to into just a conversation about the music that our uncles turn them on to, we can do that. But I don't know if we're going to have time. There's a lot to talk about today, isn't there? We're talking about a very special day of the year as we've talked about here. 
December 31st, New Year's Eve. I want to start this out with a question. Non-fish related. Well, kind of fish related. Megan, do you like New Year's Eve? Not really. It's Can loaded I say question. That? It's, I mean, <laughs> no, I just, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just one of those nights when you expect everything so to be so great. And then it's often those nights that are not the greatest nights. So I feel like anything with those super high expectations tend to be somewhat anticlimactic or disappointing. So I think that anytime you're at a fish show on New Year's Eve, you're probably having a damn good time. But I think overall, in general, New Year's Eve is not my favorite holiday. Um, and yeah, I'll get into what I think about Fish's New Year's Eve shows compared to other nights of the New Year's Eve run. But personally, not a super big New Year's Eve person. John, how about you? Um, yeah, no, I, I think that uh, shows on New Year's can be a lot of fun and are a blast, of course. And if you're not at a show, New Year's is just... Uh, just a night. I think when I was, I think when I was 17 or so, one New Year's Eve, hanging out with my friends, we were going to have the best night. And it was just like some sort of movie. And then at midnight, <laughs> I was pretty sure I was urinating against a brick wall somewhere. And it was, um, you know, it just didn't really add up to a lot. Uh, but fish really does deliver on New Year's Eve. I think, I think. If nothing else, there is a hell of a lot of music that they they play, and usually it's good, or at least a lot of it is good. So, what about you, Brian? I want to hear your thoughts on this. You posed the question. Well, I, I kind of want to hang out with the two of you on New Year's because I'm in the <laughs> same boat. Like New Year's Eve, the night doesn't really do much for me. I, I get a bit like weepy and nostalgic around like six o'clock when I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> this whole year that we've lived is gone," and now there's just like unknown 365 days ahead of us and that will have its own vibe compared to this vibe you know and there's there's a little bit of uh kind of nostalgia looking back but on the whole unless you're at a concert it's kind of the most overhyped night of the year and it's kind of the perfect night to go to a concert for that reason almost like halloween in the way that mm -hmm. you know it elevates this idea that you want that night to be through just the act of being at a concert. And I agree with both of you that like fish takes the idea of new year's Eve and at their best elevates it into a way that makes it feel like the biggest experience ever. As we'll talk about with a couple of these shows, I will say at least with Halloween, if you have kids, younger kids, it there's something to it. Right. But if you have younger kids and it's new year's Eve and there's not a fish concert that you're watching from the house, you know, why are you up past nine? I mean, really? Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had the worst New Year's Eve last year. I was right. going to watch the New Year's like broadcast the stream of 25 years ago, whatever. And I fell down the stairs right before it was supposed to start. And I fractured a rib. Oh my God. It was terrible. It was the oh worst. I mean, after like such a terrible year. Also, yeah, how to sober. end it like that. I was sober, just to, to point that out uh, too. I was going to say, you know, can't blame you for partying. <laughs> It, I was like, it's was, it was terrible. But oh, so I no. remember, I just, New Year's Eve just is not, not my jam. But maybe no. this year will be different. Right. This is it. Yeah. This wow. year will be better than the last. Thank you for <laughs> quoting the Counting Crows in uh, December. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so 
we've gotten it out of the way of how we feel about New Year's Eve in general. That said, fish tends to bring it on New Year's Eve, and it tends to be a special night. But I, I want to focus on two things here. First, usually, most of the time, New Year's Eve is the final show of the New Year's run. There's three nights leading up to it, and the New Year's Eve happens, and there's all that expectation and anticipation. There's other other years, which this year will be where New Year's Eve finds itself somewhere in the middle or in the very, very rare occurrences, the very first show of the New Year's Eve run, which I think has only happened once. But thinking about the majority of New Year's Eve runs where you have the 28th, 29th, and 30th, and then the 31st, what does that New Year's Eve show in that setup mean to you, Jonathan? Well, you know, it's it's a culmination, right? So you, we've had the whole run. We've talked about these other nights of the run. And, you know, we have the, the opening jitters night. We have the, all right, we're here. Let's do it, you know, and play the biggest jam of the career night. We have the uh, either anti-climax or show before the show that, you know, sometimes it blows it out, sometimes it doesn't. And here's the one where there's going to be a thing. So there's at least two sets of, I don't want to say ordinary, but two sets that are just fish band, right? But then there's the third set and there's going to be a thing. Fish has settled into that structure over the past, well, through 3.0. And I think it's pretty well locked in and is not likely to change. Go ahead and change it, Fish. I'm happy to be wrong. But um and so there is this like orchestrated planned element. Um, and then there's, you know, you get a big jam, big encore, uh, and you stumble out and it is a weird hour in New York city. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that exit does, does that from MSG. Yeah. That it's it. That exit from MSG where you're like, Oh my God, it's the next year. And everyone's kind of coming down from whatever they did, be it, celebrating at a bar or in Times Square or wherever they are. You were just at this fish show. And oh, by the way, everybody has entered a new year. It's a very strange thing. I went and got a drink after my last New Year's run in MSG. And I was just like, this is so weird here. Me- Megan, what is it like for you when New Year's Eve is like, what's your take on it as the culmination show of the run? I think it's a really important night for the band. I think looking back, especially in the beginning, like early to mid nineties, you can see it's a night that they really worked at bigger and bigger venues every year. And it kind of was like, you can see their evolution through the New Year's Eve shows. And you can see that they really put a lot of effort into them from the very beginning. And I think as they've continued to go on, there's so many historical nods in their gags that they do every in these New Year's Eve shows. Like if you think about like the meat stick, the hot dog return in 99 and 2010, or, you know, performing on top of the jump truck, like a lot of these things that are kind of reflecting on their history. So I think to them, it's also a really reflective night and a night for them to kind of think about what the year has been or what the last 10 years have been. I mean, I feel like they're often kind of, um, thinking a lot about those nights and their performances. It's obvious they put a ton of work into these shows. Thinking about the documentary Between Me and My Mind, watching how much Trey thought about that Soul Planet New Year's Eve show and, you know, how much work went into that. Like, they really put a lot of effort and intentionality into these shows. And that's something that, you know, shows their dedication to their fans and also their art. But it's something that I think means a lot to them this night, which is why I think sometimes – 
it's, I agree with you, Jonathan. I think they often play really well this night, but I think it can sometimes be overshadowed musically from an analytic standpoint by the, the nights before. Um, but I think that's also only in like us look, listening to these shows after, not if you're there. I'm sure if you're in the room, it's pretty great. You raise a huge point, actually, that I'd like yeah. to, that I wanted to get to at some point here. So if, if I could say this Do now, it. I've mm-hmm. only been in the room. Room? I've only attended two New Year's shows. I've been attended a number of New Year's run shows, but I've been, went to Big Cypress and 2018. It's the only times I've been there for the thing. And mm-hmm. um, I think that. I have had no trouble appreciating a lot of the gags and people who were there. A lot of people who weren't there sometimes don't like them. Um, I won't name names or gags, uh, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, but you've seen it. We've all seen it. If we participate in this community, we've seen people who, you know, go, oh, no, why did they spend 25 minutes on that song or whatever? Yeah. And I usually do appreciate it, but I do think that being there elevates just with every everything fish right being there elevates it um yeah at totally. the same time when i'm sitting home and watching it on a webcast love having webcasts i think that having a 25 minute and i'm just pulling that number out of my back of my head here uh production piece is uh actually almost better because i'm sitting in a chair i'm mm-hmm. having a beer you know, the kids are in bed. My wife's in bed by then, you know, and and it's just it's cool to see. Uh, but it's a very different experience than when you're in the room and watching the exact same thing. Um, and I don't I don't I think there was a point when I started that, but I think I've lost it. So you guys go ahead. Well, no, I think you both bring up really interesting points. And it's something I think about a lot. And just focusing on New Year's Eve. The vibe of the show doesn't change all that much. I think when it's either the last show of the run or midway through a run, just in the sense that there's always going to be that production leading up to it. And that tends to be the thing that dominates that show. I think the only difference is like in the same way that if the Halloween show is the first night of the Halloween run, that stress of whatever they were going to do is off their shoulders. And now they can just play fish shows. Whereas, you know, like the Vegas run from this year, you had just like high energy, incredible shows leading up to it. And then it was like, oh, wait, but we still have this production that we have to put forward. So you've got to imagine that there's some, I don't want to say stress on the band's part or anxiety, but like there's definitely something hanging over their heads that they don't feel once they get over it. That said, I really love how you put it, Megan, in the sense of like New Year's Eve was always a huge gig for the band. And you think about, you know, in in the 89 New Year's Eve, the first New Year's Eve show, they're introduced as the band of the 90s. And like, (laughs) there's such this like giddy excitement that like this band has been building slowly but surely over the 80s. And none of them have any idea what's to come. Nobody at the show has any idea what's to come. But like going into this new decade, there's this incredible optimism within the fish camp and they they recognize this show as kind of like a step through to whatever that may lead to um you think about 93 their first show at uh worcester uh 94 their first show at the 
Boston Garden following their first show at MSG, 95, their first headlining show on New Year's Eve at MSG, which has now become uh, New Year's Eve headlining show, which has now become their home turf. Big Cypress, this combination of the festival with the long gig with New Year's Eve. And now it's come to this point where like, <clears throat> there's really no place else for them to grow to on New Year's Eve. They've hit all those points. So what do they turn the, sh the show into? It's a opportunity for them to uh, savor and like dive into their Broadway kind of the, the that side of them as a band that's always but, wanting to like first fake they people stop right they do the yeah. long gig and then they're like that's it we're done we can't do like, another that's the year. show that's <laughs> and that's probably you know that i think I, I they talk about how you know oh we felt like we were coasting and had to kind of just stop but really like you look at when they decided to declare the hiatus it was right when they should have been announcing new year's like yeah mm. we we're not going to, there's no way we're going to just go play an arena this year. On a, on a, another New Year's show. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, the, and to that yeah. point, like they make a clear point of coming back on New Year's. New Year's. Like, yeah. 2000 exactly. through, like that is the night that we're coming back. And so it's become this date that like has so much historical lore, but has also become how do we showcase our creativity with a higher budget? a room that we know that's in the hub of the arts and creative district of America, essentially, where we have all these contacts from Broadway, where we have all these people who professionally put on shows. How do we showcase to our fans that side of ourselves, which now seems to dominate even more so than the music? Yeah, and and that's you know circles right into that that production piece, which uh, I think is just a huge element of the shows. But there there is so much more, there, and we should probably find a way to talk about some of the big jams and great things, and and maybe just our favorite of these production pieces. I should look at the outline before I run off on tangents. You know, but, uh... <laughs> well, we're going to do that. We're going to take a break <laughs> here really quick, but I do want to say something before we lead into the break, because you, you segue this nicely. My hottest take of this episode, as, as the person who came to fish in the hiatus and who's seen the majority of his shows during 3.0, I kind of find it to be my duty to be the one to say, hey, there's a lot of good stuff in 3.0, guys. All right. So I understand 95, 97, amazing years, a lot of good stuff in 3.0. But the buck stops here. It, it, it ends here. The best New Year's Eve happened in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> That's not a hot take. I mean, there will be people with that. who argue uh, with it, but maybe but, it's not. Yeah. But like, I, this is me just being declarative. <laughs> yeah. No, it's thank you for saying. Put your saying foot it's down, Ryan. Put your flag in the ground. There you go. It's actually kind of refreshing to hear the uh, the youngster uh, come in here and say, <laughs> "You know what? You guys are right." Um, <laughs> the only part uh, of my life where, like, the grain hair on the side of my head makes me a youngster is uh, talking about <laughs> 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 right. um, exactly. But you know, I mean, like, and and it really struck me listening to these shows. I went back and listened to a highlight from pretty much every New Year's Eve. And there were shows where I was like, and we'll get into one of them. I was like, I kind of have to listen to the entire show. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know where to skip around. 
And then I get into like these later 3.0 shows and I'm like, I'll listen to that one jam, maybe that gag. Mm -hmm. And then, and I keep going, what are your thoughts on that, Megan? I'm guessing as the New Yorker here, you've seen a lot of these shows, like how, how have your thoughts been as the band has evolved? And do you still think these New Year's Eve shows are great? Can, can well, you lead I mean, with some stats? I'm sorry to jump on that, but I, I'm curious to hear actually how many of these like New Year's shows or whatever you've been to. No, I haven't been to that many. I've been okay. to a mm. lot of the New Year's runs, similar to you, Jonathan. I think I was at New Year's Eve in 90, 96. I was there in 96 um, at the Boston Garden, and then I was there in 2016. But I've seen wow. a lot of other runs during the New Year's. But New Year's Eve is not my favorite night. I like to watch the show um, from home, um, which I think, like you were saying, Jonathan, allows me to get the big picture, which I feel like sometimes you can't get when you're in the room because you're having such a particular experience there. So I like to watch it almost more like a show as opposed to an experience being there. Um, but yeah, so it's very weird that I also have only been to two New Year's Eve fish shows. But it is, um, it is weird, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite night. I love, I love watching it and I like to talk about it and I like to listen to it. And, um, I definitely feel like similar to what we talked about when we were talking about the differences between fish in the nineties. I think that striving element is just, you know, when you're trying to play a bigger show every year, you know, like the, I think 1990, what was it? I'm going to look at my notes here. Like 1992 was their biggest show they'd ever played. It was 4,000 people. Like that's really motivating to think like this year we played the biggest show we've ever played. Like what do you think we can play next New Year's Eve? Like when you're working like that, like that just – you're going to play to a level that's just different than when you're like, here we are again back at MSG. Obviously, we're going to crush it a bunch of these nights, but – we're not going anywhere else, right? <laughs> like yeah. this is this is our residency and this is our home and we deserve it. But like there's just it's unmatchable that that's driving, I think. And I hate to keep saying that, but I think it's really true about why. No, I mean, that, yeah. It goes right back to what you said at the top of this series, which is, you know, those early shows, they had a hunger. Now they yeah. come into MSG and they don't have that hunger. They have comfort, which is an entirely yeah. mm-hmm. different sort of uh perspective for the band and i think totally. it serves them quite well but it's i it's do too and i feel different. like when you when you listen to some of the 3.0 new year's eve shows they're very unhurried sounding like 2016 2017 some of those jams are just they don't sound hurried at all which mm. sometimes leads to just gorgeous music absolutely gorgeous music yeah. but i think that they never sound that way in the 90s well and it speaks to one thing that was that struck me as i was listening to these and this goes back to our conversations about the 29th and the 30th. I find that the 29th and 30th have only gotten better with age and that those shows just continue to be highlights of the run. And I wonder if part of that is just like, there's absolutely no pressure. They don't have to think about the theatrics of it. There's Mm -hmm. two sets. They know how to play a two set show, the three set show. Like once they get into the second set and the third set are going to be a little shorter than they, than the second set would be in a typical show. It's tougher to like map that out from a flow standpoint on the fly, but the 29th and 30th tend to just showcase the band doing what you were talking about, Megan, where they're almost being reflective and looking forward at the same time. Like a lot of the great jams from those two nights tend in the 3.0 era tend to reference 
jamming styles and sounds that we heard throughout that year, but also you listen to them and you're kind of like, ah, I can hear 2022 in here. Or, you know, we, we talked about this with the ACDC mm-hmm. bag from 123097. That sounds like a 98 jam. And it sounds yep. like the band has figured out a way to look forward. Whereas on New Year's, what's there left to do other than to look back, savor this last year, and also, hey, here's a big spectacle for everyone to enjoy because we're a band that is more than just a band we're also there's a show element to it that doesn't follow them around night by night by night just as a quick tangent that's like the craziest thing about fish is (laughs) halloween and new year's eve they play like an arena rock band that has this like massive production with them but it happens once a year (laughs) (laughs) and and that production happens one time ever one time i know it's unless you bring the hot dog back you know like (laughs) again then it would be a few, but yeah, that's just wild. Well, we're going to get into, cause there are, I want to just like to all of our listeners out there. We, we love a lot of these new year's Eve shows, mm-hmm. a lot of these gems. And we're going to get through the highlights here um, after a quick break. Um, Jonathan, do you want to tell us here once again about our presenting sponsor? Do I? Um, <laughs> I do. As a matter of fact, I want to inform everybody once again that HF Pod on Tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, based and sold in Colorado. Shift has flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. To find out more and where to get it, go to shiftcannabis.com. We also want to take a second to shout out our sponsor, Section 119, and they have some amazing things. You can get the Film 1.0 book that we talked about at length on Tuesday with Brian Harding. That book is incredible. I'm so excited to get mine. So they have really cool things. I loved hearing how they were involved in the production of that book. Like That's incredible. And right now they're running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays, so visit Section 119 to check them out. You can find cool gifts for your wife, your husband, your brother, your cool aunt, because, you know, your uncle is not the only one that's cool. I think of myself as a super, super cool aunt. I buy my niece fish t-shirts all the time. She was born on my birthday, so I feel like it's my duty to, like, have her become a fish fan. Yeah, she's amazing. Shout out to Mila James. Um, You can also treat yourself. So that's section119.com. It's a good point about the the cool ant and like that's such a great role that you can play, you know, just like introducing them to amazing music and being like, I don't know what, like 2028, 20, 2029, 20, it's time you come to a 1230 show. Just see what this is all about that you're answering <laughs> totally. to. I, I've got a cool aunt who was at Watkins Glen. So Ooh, that's awesome. They exist. A very cool aunt. I also want to tell you, speaking of cool aunts and uncles. I want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business which ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm <laughs> producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they di- they diversified. They started growing hemp for CBD. They have a product for everyone. They offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD coffee to help with stress aches and pains things great aunts and uncles all need help with sunset lake saves you money by shipping high quality cbd products directly from their farm 
to your door. Visit sunsetlakecbd.com. Use promo code HFPOD for 20% off your purchase. Once again, that is sunsetlakecbd.com. Promo code HFPOD. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. All right. So we've reached a critical juncture here. We've talked about our feelings on 1231. We've talked about the vibe. I think we did a good job breaking down the vibe. It's a fun vibe that you know it's a it's a very different vibe from any other fish show in a lot of senses it never feels just like a fish show it's always something more and from that there are a lot of highlights um i want to say just to anyone out there listening please feel free post comments about your favorite new year's eve show your favorite new year's eve jams we would love to hear them we will shout them out we will talk about them um, I was thinking really, I, I want to reiterate that we really want your comments because I'm not going to name your favorite show unless your favorite show is my favorite show. So <laughs> you guys got to get in here, get involved, tell us what we're missing because there's so many of them. We can't name them all. Anyways, we're going to miss some can't talk about all of them. And that's a good point. I, I wanted to ask you like the, we did not discuss this prior list, dear listener out there. So, so we're, we're moving on the fly right now. What do you guys think is the best way to go about this? My, my thought was that we start in about 1993 and march our way through new year's and just throw out the highlights and talk briefly about that. And then we can all identify our favorite moments. Does that sound cool to you? Speed roundish though. Not like when we'll I filibustered the nineties on 12. <laughs> <laughs> We my won't favorite, let you take over. My favorite thing I, I that's happened on the show it. thus far is Jonathan know, just like putting awesome. his foot down about a four-year period in fish history. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll start with that. Like, just very quickly, did anyone listen to New Year's Eve shows prior to 1993? Because I went back and I listened to 89 and parts of 92. I'm looking at the. I, you know, I, I think I listened to the Kung. I literally just listened to the Kung in '92. <laughs> It's a good I think I listened to the Mike song in 91. Um, I think that's the first time the second part of the jam like gets into like a groove. Um, and I liked that a lot. I think that tweezer I didn't re-listen to, but I know that people love that tweezer from 91. That was like a very popular early tweezer. I was really excited by the 92, um, the Mike's Odd Lang Syne Weak Pog Groove was mm-hmm. a great, great treat in set three. Um and what a way, like, it always seems important where they put Auld Lang Syne and what song comes before and what song comes after. And, like, what speaks to you about 92, 93 Fish more than Mike's 
Auld Lang Syne in the middle. I know Jonathan hates it because it's not hydrogen, but you know, it's this one time and then Harpua Kong Harpua. <laughs> yeah, no, Harpua. I also, I, you know, I, I can't dispute that, but I will also throw out buried alive opener. Best, buried alive best. opener. And I've read a bunch about that show on like fish.net and also on fish's website. And it just seems like so fun. I love reading about this. They have these like new backdrops and they gave like flyers out to confuse radio listeners because they were recording it live on the radio. And it just, Brad Sands gets lifted up in a chicken costume. I, this show seems really fun, really fun. Well, and Kung, I'm just looking at the fish.net uh, notes. I guess we are talking about a show pre 93, uh, played for the first time since November 2nd, 1989, 414 shows. A lot of it, shows. And yeah, a very a lot. lot of shows. Good God. Take a very break. short don't, amount of time. Don't. Um, no, don't, please. <laughs> don't because there's good going. fish, really good fish coming. Uh, big shout out to my buddy, Josh Carver on Twitter at Nola Socks. This was his first show. He didn't really Amazing. know. It. He still has a t-shirt from this show. It was what? also his first good tape dude. because the next morning he taped it off the radio and that was what oh. he listened to. Uh, his next two shows were 219.93 and 221.93. He missed the middle night, which was the famous Roxy show where they play like Mike's and tweezer and Mike's and tweezer and all these things crazy in the second set. He was uh, on my very first HF pod appearance. He was the other guest. Oh, that's great so cool. Yeah. So, One and of my, we talked about twelve twenty nine ninety four. Um, yeah, good dude. Good uh, should we jump to ninety three? Jump to ninety three. This uh, feel uh, this is a very important show. Yes, this mm-hmm. is this. So we got this um, on a, a one of my friends got it on like a bootlegs from the store CD very early the following year. It was of course broadcast on the radio the next day, and we listened the crap out of this show. I was already a Fish fan; I had never seen the band, but we listened to this so much in nineteen ninety four that I mean, I I've had peak moments listening to set three without having been in the room. Um, it's, it's, it is just a wild show. Uh, the down with disease jamming is important. The uh, hood with the old Lang Syne jamming in it mm. is gorgeous. And the recordings, you know, the, the FM recording is sounds so beautiful. Um, and yeah, cool show. Uh, please, you know, I'll take it away. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time they ever played any part of Down With Disease, right? That was the first time they ever played any part of it. I think they played the jam. The full song yeah, wouldn't talk, debut till like April, I think, in 94. Talk yeah. about looking ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's going to be one cool. of the songs of 1994. And we hear and and it. Yeah. And for a few. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and for New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah. I mean, they're going to ring in the New Year's with that song so many times. That split open and melt's amazing. There's like a super awesome rock star ending. Trey's just like shredding and. Yeah, that hood, the end peaks are just absolutely stunning. I love it. And they have Ginseng Sullivan and like the jug band style. I mean, so fun. So cool. The show's awesome. Yeah, the, uh, Peaches this is one of those throughout too. It's nice. This was one of those shows that um, when I first got into fish, you know, 1.0 is over at this point in time. So everything is like within the context of fish between 83 and 2000. And it was like, it was this show it was 61194 it was new year's 95 which we're going to get to um it was 111797 as like if i asked anyone who knew anything about fish this show was always mentioned as you mm. have to get this tape and you legitimately don't understand fish until you hear this show and when i finally heard this show i got it because it's a classic like this could be released as their greatest hits 
this set list, this mm. show could just be released out into the world as like a capstone of who fish was and why they were special. Even before all the evolutions, like this, you know, llama stash, Reba antelope, all in the first set tweezer. You enjoy myself bookending the second set down the Z's jam to lead us into 94, which shows us these kind of, weird little set list hijinks that fish would do but also like that downward disease solo is such an iconic sound of fish and then the hairy hood i mean i have other hairy hoods that i listen to more but i don't know if they've ever played hairy hood more perfectly in just the succinct yeah. manner of what this song is than on this night i don't think he misses a note it's perfect it's really pretty yeah. it's just beautiful and then it ends with Amazing Grace, which just showcases like Fish's dedication to the American songbook that I love. <laughs> um, we could stay on this show for the next 25 minutes, but let's okay. move on. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan's like, perfect. <laughs> Done. Let me out of the car. I'm ready. Um, let's move on here to 1231-1994. Um, this to me is like, this is the show where Fish becomes an arena rock band. Like mm -hmm. the year prior, you think about the underwater uh fish tank kind of uh imagery that was on stage for those four nights this is the show though where they understand what being an arena rock band really means and where their ambitions kind of meet the actual venue uh what are you guys thoughts on this show go ahead megan i i'm trying to formulate words <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw them the first time, the like the month before, November 14th. So when I listen to the show, it sounds to me like my first show in a way, just because it's this is so Fish 94. I, I love it. I think it's so great. I People complain that it's a shorter show, but I think it's well played. And, you know, the bouncing's on a live one. The Maze has this like super creepy build into it. The beginning of it is like really cool, very cool intro to Maze. And I just think they're playing songs like – that only fish would play um, like mm. Jewish hymnals, like in the middle of Mike's song, we could pog. Like, you know, I'm like, I remember when they came and played that I first saw them in my hometown in Michigan in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is like very homogenous place. And they play, they're playing like Jewish songs. It was just so awesome. I was like, this band yeah. is just so who they are. And I think, you know, the night before they had debuted at MSG. So I think they're coming into the show with a lot of big feelings. I'm sure. Yeah, this one is almost like, um, like with MSG being on the 30th, it's almost like the 29th was the show before the show. And the right. next <laughs> one is just like, whew, we did it. I mean, now we're home, but this is, I mean, this is big and we're, we're closer to home and we can just, maybe we can kind of relax, but man, this mm -hmm. is, but they've been playing arenas all fall. My first show was in October of that year, small arenas, uh, and uh, they just, yeah, I agree also about this sounding like the band I first heard, saw. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like the Buffalo Bill and Mike song, you know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it, the Chalk Dust Torture in the third set is real good. And this is good. It's a good show. And, and Simple exists at this point and is fine because it doesn't come in the middle of Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like this show kind of seems like um the conversation we were having in the first half of this episode where we were talking about like the new year's eve show being about the gag more than the show and i think like when anyone thinks of 12 31 94 they think of the hot dog and they think of mm -hmm. you know the band utilizing this ridiculous 
food item to connect with their audience, <laughs> which is such a fish thing. But I was listening back to this and that second set, you guys have both talked about it. Like I won't beat it into the ground, but like that is go back and listen to that. The mics through Weekabog is some stunning, stunning 94 fish. And the maze um, is a jam that I don't ever hear anyone speak about. And it rules. It's like 17 minutes and it goes into this weird, like crazy, creepy fall 94 space. Um, this almost seems, and we'll jump into the next one here. It, it's trapped between two massive new year shows. Mm-hmm. And as a result yep. of that, I think it does get overshadowed probably rightly so, but it is, it's, it's a picture of them in that era, even if the 29th and 30th of this year, like were a better picture of who fish was or like showed their higher highs of that era. Kind of happens again, two years later. Um, yes. Because they're just such peaks. Yeah. Um, Do you mind if I jump into the next one? Please, please. Let's go to the show. Arguably one of the best shows ever. Yeah. Um, And it's a fish show, by the way. 1231.95 is outstanding end to end. I mean, look at it. Punch you in the eye. Sloth and Reba. Squirming Coil. Maze. Colonel Forbin's Mockingbird. Shine? Um, <laughs> Mockingbird, Doc Dust Torture. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. So, all of that just great shit and a good gag there. And this mm-hmm. is just first set. Um, the Drowned in the Lizards is an all timer jam. It is outstanding. It is not Fire on the Mountain. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> it is, um, it's so good though. Um, and like the weak paw in the sea and sand. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful. It's I so don't know good. how they stay connected uh, in that weak paw. It's so pretty. It's like whatever rhythm they're playing. And I have no knowledge of, of what they are doing, but like just my ears listening to that, it sounds like that should break down because whatever they're trying to do is so complex and they are so tight. They stop on a dime. They come back into that weird riff and it's just like Trey and Fishman Ugh. are like, eight limbs right there playing together. They, I mean, at this point <sighs> they've been playing weak fog so aggressively for so many yeah. years that they could just, they could just blow it out as fast as they want and they could take it as long as they want. They could stop and start again and have no problem. Just like they, they, they understood it perfectly. This is the show that got away from me. I was supposed to go to this show. Yeah, I was like madly in love with my new boyfriend. And we were in school at Arizona. And he was going back to Connecticut and asked me to come home and go to the show with him. And I couldn't. I already had plans to go back to Michigan. And I was so upset. And when I saw what this show ended up being, I was so pissed. Because it was so, so good. I mean, I just feel like that, yeah, that week of Pog into Sea and Sand is so beautiful whenever I've been like listening to the shows and doing other things, you know, you're like, yeah. I'm doing laundry or I'm like putting things away. And I heard that and I just had to stop and really <laughs> listen because yeah. it was just so stunning. And I don't think I've heard it in a long time. So if you haven't heard that in a long time, you really should. And I also think that you enjoy myself 
when I heard that version, I actually, Brian, was like, maybe I could come to the 95 side of the argument of 95, 97, <laughs> because it's just so precise. It's so flexible. He's playing so fast towards the first peak. The vocal jam is crazy. It's like six minutes long. of Just like, it's just, it's, it's an awesome version. The show is amazing. No bass and drums in that you enjoy myself, right? It's, no, it's, it's just unusual, two jam segments. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's stunning, though. They're just oh. they're so good. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to um, the Mike song, which um, there's so many things I love about this Mike song. It's mm. it's in the top five jams of all time for me. Um, the way it begins, where Trey slides down the neck to hit the the first note of Mike's, it's it's so unique. It sounds so arrogant. It sounds so confident, and it just fits perfectly as we're capping off the second set of three incredible sets here in Madison square garden. Let me repeat that one more time, Madison square garden, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And then like it goes into this haunting rhythmic jam that starts to hint towards 1997, but then it goes into the digital delay loop jam. And when that fades out, it goes to almost silence and it's almost like they're channeling the vibration of life. It's one of the most beautiful notes I've ever heard from them. I'm a, People that know me, Brian Eno is like a god to me. And and the way that that man impacts music and, and plays almost nothing. And, and that is what you're <laughs> listening to. Like, that's what you get at the tail end of this mics. There's no peak. Trey just says, thanks. We'll be back for one more set. Crowd cheers. And the sound just like reverberates out through the room. That's such a cool moment. It's like, oh, it's oh, yeah. so theatrical. And yeah. Just, yeah, that's really, it gives you the chills. That's it's a, awesome you know, moment audience in the palm of your hand kind of totally. thing. Yeah, yeah like, totally, totally. This is, You're this welcome. is a huge yeah. flex, you know? It's like, flex. we got you. We got yeah. you. We'll be back. Uh, yeah, it's, last thing I'll say about this, I think that there is a very, very significant argument to be made that this is the greatest fish show of all time. We will get to another, but I think that the other is its own separate beast. Like, this is, as a package piece, I don't know how much better you get at playing a rock show mm -hmm. than this. So Agreed. we're going to keep marching along because um, our gushing is gushing. And uh, when we gush, we gush hard about these shows, which I, I hope everyone out there listening understands like some of these shows deserve some extra gushing, but the next You're not year, not going to have any time for 3.0. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting us again. No, yeah, it's just that 1.0 is so good. It's so I, good. I said this at the top. This is my fault. Um, <laughs> the next show, we move back to Boston. And I got to say, this kind of feels like what you said, Megan. I think you said it about like they play MSG and then they go back to Boston. And okay, we're back. We're going to play another show. Like it almost feels like that. Like how do you top the MSG high from the year earlier? I think that they make a valiant attempt, but it's kind of just a fun show. Yeah, it was it was a weird night for me. It was so cold that day. It was absolutely freezing there. My boyfriend got kicked out of the show for arguing with some of the security. And I had oh, to spend no. New Year's alone, like oh, celebrating no. alone. It was just like wah wah. So yeah, I but I mean, you know, it's it's a big event. Record breaking balloon drop, Bohemian Rhapsody, the choir, but I think their playing is, you know. It's hey, hard the, to match 95 and 97. The down with disease on this show is absolutely killer. Mm -hmm. I will, I mm -hmm. will 
I will go yeah, there. Funky. They're, um, they're like dabbling dude. with that funk for next yes. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a full two minutes of 97 grooving. Yeah. It's amazing. Which it technically is 97. So, you know, there it's you true. Go. <laughs> let's go to 97. What do you think? I'm yeah. I mean, up. that shows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the second set of this show like we talked a lot about 1229 and 123097. The second set of 1231 though kind of encapsulates everything great about Fall 97 in one final set. It's it's amazing. The mics, the week apog, those have just like such you know, I'm going to say standard, but like the Fall 97 standard jam where it gets funky, it gets bluesy it gets kind of melodic it goes into a shoegaze space maybe it'll speed up and trace on it trying to sound like hendrix but like it has all of that wrapped in those two jams in such a great way i i just want to say i'm going to let you guys speak about the high heights on this one but i just want to say that um nobody should ever play emotional rescue and that includes (laughs) the rolling stones it's not a great song uh, if the fish had plenty of other opportunities to kind of swampy, groovy, funkish jamming, it, no, no, <laughs> it's I like a joke song that's made. It's just not a, as a, I mean, it's, being another <laughs> joke song. <laughs> yeah, it's just they, you know, they've got better jokes, they've got better songs. Yeah, that's all. That's what Megan, what do you think of this show? Yeah, I mean, I love the mics. It has like an unhurried beginning, this monster like machine sound into like a really pretty delicate music. It drops right into Piper. It's beautiful. Weekapog is like rollicking, ends with like the little solos from each band member. I think the the crowd was like super loud. It seemed like really intense. I, I wasn't at the show. I was there the night before, but I was just kind of like partying in a hotel room that night, just kind of lame to admit, but um, super fun show. I do like uh, Timber as an opener, second set opener for that. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's a great set, mm-hmm. and I love Timbers. I just think that uh, that song just sets a good, like, driving vibe, and mm-hmm. uh, you're in for it. Yeah, and just shy of 20 years later, Timber would be, I believe, the third song on night one of the Baker's Dozen and would be the first one to break the mold and start jamming and, like, really showcase, okay, any song is on the table to jam here. Well, let's jump to the next year. We get our first four-night complete run at Madison Square Garden, which is crazy to think the next time they do a four-night New Year's Eve run at Madison Square Garden would be 2011. So like this feels like an accomplishment, and then it's something that's so fleeting from them because of a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to make a very nuanced and complex fish argument that that is like only to be understood on like three levels don't you always Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 my bag um so big cypress probably the greatest fish show of all time but it's its own special thing 1231 95 probably the greatest fish show that's not big cypress of all time because big cypress is its own special thing 1231.98, when you remove those two, I think this might be the best New Year's show that the band has ever played, start to finish. Hmm. It's definitely better than the 1230 this year, I feel like. Yeah. I think the first set, too, is super strong. The Mike song goes so good. Also, the Tweezer City's segue. Second, I mean, yes. this is a really good show. This is a really good show. 1999 Ni- opener. Come on. Come on. I mean, That's so killer. Fun. Such, well, like... Supreme redemption over the what they did one year earlier too. 
I, I was like, just gonna say like a falsetto funky groove to open us like cover song to open a show this one really works so this is the one to do mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's one that like they've only played it twice since and nobody ever expected it to be played after this show and i don't know it's just it's fascinating the way that this song has been dropped in like these perfect two other perfect spots being powder night and then vegas night one of this year um, maybe one of the best openers i mean best yeah. cover cover opener at least for sure uh, and and then just go right into the mike's groove mm -hmm. ghost and that's a like a proper total mics which in 98 was not super common uh yeah. ghost ha 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 cavern what a great 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 amazing opening set really good set great set great set and then you get the uh the third set you have runaway jim into odd lang syne you know this kind of throwback fish old school fish song into odd lang syne into simple because we're going into the last year of the of the century of the millennium what do you need what is a band without simple you know like it's the perfect song to enter us into that amazing 18 minute jam that goes beautiful and then goes like really really hard harry hood has an eight minute intro. It's eight minutes before they ever sing Harry. It's just this like use of the type of jamming that they were doing at the time applied to the intro of Harry Hood. I absolutely love it. Tweezer Reprise, Llama. And then how do you end a show like this? I know Megan has issues when they do this, but you close out <laughs> with the Beatles. How never else are you supposed down, to do this? <laughs> I know this song though. I, I have never heard this song live. I think I would die. I mean, this really? song is like, oh, this, man. this, this yeah. song is amazing. I, this is a little bit different than a day in life for me. Cause I've never heard them play it. I, this song is like, that's, that's a, that's a make everybody cry in the place. I like that. I'll take yeah. it for sure. Outstanding. Outstanding end to that show. So then the next year, they just kind of did a throwaway, right? Yeah. Kind of... <laughs> this is too overwhelming to talk about. Not a I lot mean, of effort. I feel like it's just like see after midnight podcast. is like. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a I good think point. That's fair. I, I, will, I will say, and I, I, I know I texted y'all this morning. I started my day with the sand and mm. it just, mm. I just let it roll from there. Um, actually, that's not correct. I started my day with a split open and melt through catapult and when i got to back on the train then i went to the sand and i just let it roll and play and play and play and finally and i the whole time i'm doing you know working on my computer here and just like got it playing through the stereo over there and like next thing i know it that david bowie is wrapping up and i'm like whoa time <laughs> time has happened um and it's just a little like slice yeah. and and it was a great night. It was an amazing night. One of the greatest concerts uh, ever played. And um, yeah, I'm happy with it. I think the, the best way to cover this, because as Megan said, see after Midnight Pod. Everyone give us one to two sentences on what this show means and your favorite jam from it. I mean, I think this show is the greatest concert that's ever happened on the planet. I mean, I think that you could probably say as far as scope and what they were trying to accomplish and what they did accomplish and the thoughtfulness that went into it. I mean, I think that the way they created an entire universe for everyone and just the fact that it 
it went off in such fantastic fashion. And I think that it's totally overwhelming to talk about the music because there is so much of it. I mean, if you look at like the jam charts list for the show, there's like 25 songs. I mean, it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's like tubes, split open amount, catapult, sound disease. I mean, it's just like all these songs. Um, and I think I am going to re-listen to After Midnight because just after reflecting on all of these New Year's Eve shows and like what it means to the band, like just thinking about and hearing all the stories from this night, it's it's pretty incredible. And I, I love the tube jam. I think it's so sick. It's so groovy. That's what I listen to the most from this show. I'm right in between two of the ones I already mentioned, really, is the uh, the split open and milk catapult, which after, and that's not even the the big set, right? That's the uh, the early evening set or whatever it was. I can't even remember now. Um, <laughs> and, and after catapult, Trey's like, only at the biggest concert in the world are you going to hear something like that. And then, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, but it, it's that or the sand quadraphonic toppling. The space that they created, and and I don't mean the physical space. I mean the like psychic space that they created with that jamming is like like nothing else. They had worked yeah. all year on it, uh, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before. It was the culmination of the. It was the max that fish could achieve at that point in their lives like they worked towards that and they um, i uh, yeah. words fail i think you both said it incredibly well i'll just add it um if you reduce all the goals that fish has had about this creative project that they started you know when nobody wanted them to play music when people were literally drowning them out with thriller it's all contained in this in this show. And I think that as we're going to probably talk about as we transition to the one two point or the two two point oh um new shows and then the three point oh ones, there was a lot to get over with this show because what do you do after playing this? And that question mm -hmm. I still I think still lingers in some cases over fish and still motivates them. I don't know if they'll ever top big Cypress and I don't think they ever need to, but like, I think they still want to, to a certain degree. They can try. Um, I'll be there I, for yeah, it. I'll be I'll down for it. Um, no, I, I don't think they care anymore. I think they've, mm -hmm. they've finally reached the point where they think not, they found peace with it. Yeah. They don't have to be, they don't have to be those people anymore. They true. You know, true. That, that's a, that's a, such a youthful uh, mm -hmm. misnomer is to think that you have to improve upon what you did before. Right. What you True. really need to do is achieve something new and different. Yeah. And that's what I think they try to do, right? Like Baker's that, dozen, exactly. or, right? Like they exactly. find new things that they can do, or let's make new concept albums and, you know, produce them live on Halloween. You like but, you, you know, don't have to climb Everest faster this year than True. faster than you did last year. You, you climb a different mountain yeah. and it doesn't even have to be a big one. Like yeah, and maybe it's not like inherent. Has a different I, kind of view. I guess I just I, I tend to look at this as like, you know, all these accomplishments through the nineties led to Big Cypress. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then nineties like, is all this. But yeah. after that, they, you know, in 2.0, they kind of like they tried to look for the other thing. And I think, but now in probably the second half of 3.0 into where we are today, they've they've put that behind them and maybe sooner yeah. in their own heads, but it's mm -hmm. evident to me that that's not, that rise is no longer on the, a mission. They don't need yeah. that. My jam of this show 
before we move on to 2.0 is the roses are free. It brings in the dawn. It is that and the quadraphonic top lane. I don't think that they've ever played more different music to a pain crowd in a, like a traditional rock show than those two jams. Like it's just, it's what Trey talks about. It's what Paige talks about when they, when they discuss the idea of jamming to get to a place musically that you can't get to otherwise. It's, it's those two songs that like achieve this period of music that like, you can't just pick up your guitar and play. You have to have been playing with four people for 25 minutes before you get to that space. And I just love it. And when you watch it on video, it's dawn by the time that roses are free, it's over. It's, it's so incredible. We could continue as well. Talking big Cypress. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but maybe we can, we'll have to like, you know, do a uh, regular HF pod episode where we just do that because that could be fun. And it seems like that, would be, that would be awesome. That aren't encompassed in the very amazing and outstanding After Midnight podcast. But Fish um, took a break and then came back, as you mentioned earlier, Brian, on a New Year's show. And I think this one is like, if we're going to skip around as we go forward, that's fine. But we really ought to talk about this one because it has a very, it's significant um in 2002 right the return they announced it in august of 2002 that they're coming back on new year's eve at madison square garden and i can tell you for me personally i remember my mom laid out the newspaper clipping on my bed i came home from summer camp and found it It was oh my god you know and there was no way i was getting to there was oh no way I was God. getting to New York. I was like, still working was... at the same job that I was at, <laughs> that I took leave from when I went to Big Cypress. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back um, from summer camp. Summer but camp. I remember the big conversation leading up to this was That's similar cute. to the big conversation leading up to Hampton 09 was what is the song going to be? And everyone had a ton of ideas. I don't know of many people that predicted Piper. Um <laughs> I do not think so. And it's a but perfect. But it's a badass one. It's a monster one. It's good. It is. It's it is. Piper. I listened to that today. Mm-hmm. It's a monster version. They kind of reprise it a year later on twelve twenty nine when they open that show with it, kind of as like a hat tip. But it, you know, it masterfully. It's the slow build. Like they're back. They embrace the audience yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering for them and it, everyone then has to kind of shut up to be like wait what's so- oh my god it's piper they're playing music again and it's just and then it uh you know preludes this year in which they're going to play some of the best versions of piper ever throughout 2003 so it's it's kind of a perfect opener in that sense yep um and and you know i only listened to the piper t- uh this week and the walls of the cave which was the debut and a hell of a show closer. They did do an encore, which is also real nice. But, uh, you know, I, I I love that Walls of the Cave made its first appearance, closing out a set, closing out a yeah. show. And, and that's really the the place that it has found for itself uh, these days. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect song for that. And that's a really, really nice version. We jump to 2003 where fish plays their first new year's eve in miami kind of a callback of sorts to four years earlier at big cypress um there's one moment in this show that i absolutely love uh the stash that opens set to is so gorgeous 24 minutes 
almost silent jamming. What were your guys' thoughts on this show? It's kind of gimmicky, kind of fun, kind of crazy, kind of embodies Miami Fish. Yeah, I mean, I love the opening. I think they open with the ending of Fish that they didn't play the the night before. So it's like, blah, boom, ba baby boo And that's how you open a show. I mean, that's fun. And the crowd just goes bananas. And that's so Fish, I feel like, to kind of nod back to what they didn't do the night before. Um, And the crowd's just, it's so fun. I was listening to it on Relisten, and it was just like, so sounded so awesome and then right into mike's hydrogen week apog i mean that's like if i was in the audience i'd be like all right this is this is on i'm stoked um yeah i mean it that's the show's it's it seems all right it's like a fun show yeah the um i listened to that first part of the show as well because i wanted to hear that wilson ending and um i turned it off after the hydrogen that was not great Weak fog was kicking up and it was starting right. And that was great. The hydrogen was not great. And, uh, but then I, I, before that I listened to the stash and stash is outstanding. And this kind of, that's 2.0 for you, right? Like this jam is really good. This composition does not holding up. Um, they do something wacky and creative like the Wilson and then, you know, the jungle boogie and Iron Man and, all of those things, uh, fun, uh, imperfect, and um, 2.0. They should not have played Reba in the third set of this show. I will just say that. That is not the place to play a Look, beautiful composition like Reba. It, <laughs> contrast, how late at night did they play Reba at Big Cypress? And they That's did the whistling. Point. Yeah. But here... Not Miami, not Miami, Miami. but it is, there's an underrated runaway gym in the third set here that goes deep. Mm. It's like 22 minutes that I I recommend everyone listening to, but this would be jamming. Yes. Jamming. Yes. No, they somehow make, I don't know. I think that's what I think that was part of it. Um, that they somehow make chalk dust slave chalk dust work as a sandwich. I don't know how it's kind of like a. savory fruit sandwich if you will. Like, <laughs> like it's not so supposed weird. to work but like it, it it works somehow um so we don't have any new year shows for six years um we return in 2009 and the band plays the american airlines arena again in miami florida um fun show kind of representative of 2009 my favorite jam of 2009 is played in this show the ghost into no2 which uh teases odd lang syne and just um kind of previews a bit more of the hyper connected jamming that we'll hear as we move into 2010 but uh any thoughts that you guys have about this show yeah i mean i just re-listened back to the ghost it's super trippy psychedelic it's really cool how it goes into no2 that was my highlight from the show too i did not re-listen to this show and i'm gonna tell you that whenever it's important (laughs) to say do it uh because there's one i did not re-listen to as well we will get to that here in a sec uh 2010 we are in our first new year's run in new york city since 1998 pretty special moment um 2010 is the 15 year anniversary of uh 1231.95 we get the meat stick uh the hot dog comes back punch you in the eye opener punch in the eye opener good throwback um this show to me, it felt significant in the moment 
because fall 2010 was a very, very, very good tour uh, for the era. The ghost at this show is what everyone was talking mm-hmm. about and what everyone is still talking about uh, 11 years later. It was once referred to as the Holy Ghost. I don't know if that title holds up. It's a very, very, very good ghost, but it sounds very, very, very 2010 at the same time. What, what say you all? Yeah, it's just these exuberant peaks. I mean, it's really just makes you feel happy to be alive. It's a beautiful yeah. version. You know, I think there's that song changes so much and is so different as it has evolved, but I, I can't imagine being in the crowd for this one because the crowd's just screaming and it, it totally gave me chills listening to it. Like it's really, it's a really awesome ghost. I also love the yam from the show. It's, it's so good. And the first peak Trey is doing these like rock star flourishes. It's just like super magical. And then it's got that like cool entry into Manteca. Like, and, and they almost seem surprised to have gotten there, which is, I love that when you hear them and you're like, they kind of sound a little surprised and maybe they weren't, but if they, if they weren't, then they tricked me. Um, but I just love that they keep going over this like funky groove with the lyrics. It's just an awesome, you enjoy myself. The whole second set is good. You guys aren't going to highlight the burn that bridge. The first ever burn that bridge. First ever. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, the ghost is obviously the, the highlight here. Um, and I don't need to hear another meat stick, uh, showpiece, uh, New Year's thing ever. Thank you. <laughs> we should note <laughs> this is a part of the very first run that was webcast. So they webcast mm-hmm. 1230, 1231, and 11. And 1230 did not feel like a 1230 show. You will all note from last week, we did not talk about 1230, 2010 with good reason. It's not a 1230 <laughs> show as I as I will see it. Um, the interesting thing about this show, and we, we should highlight this just because there's only a couple other examples. Uh, there was a New Year's Day show that followed, which seemed to inform this run a bit. And it was a very good New Year's mm-hmm. Day show. Um, really good set list. Amazing walk away. Great got a jaboo. Set two has a really good simple, a really good twist. Were either of you at that show, or what, did any of you? Ha- did either of you have any thoughts about that? I was at that show actually. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was. I went up, but it wasn't my best showing. I have to admit. It, I, I mean, the show was awesome. The energy was so good. I was like, I had not been seeing a lot of fish, and I was really excited. And I had mm. my college friends coming up. They flew into town. We were really excited, started partying really early, just like I just went a little too hard um, and just didn't quite make it. Yeah, but this show is great and listening back to it is awesome. But it does remind me of like how much I had been craving to see the band at that point in my life. I had just had my second daughter a year earlier, so I had a one-year-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old and I was exhausted and overwhelmed, but I was so excited to go see Fish that night and – it was an awesome show. I wish I had been in a little bit better form to appreciate it. You're describing August 8th, 2015 for me, which uh, maybe at you some point we'll get them, to right? that. This is, this is a great topic for potentially a future show is I what show no did we not you make it to? talking about? I'm going to say that we can skip the next year, 1231, 2011. I did. I, um, I was on, I was on a hiatus myself at this time. I did listen to every, despite being on hiatus, I listened to every single show right (laughs) around when it happened. Um, But um, I can, can we touch on 2012 real quick? 
real quick because yeah 2011 just, you know, it, it felt like the band was not going to make it. it it was there was some weird vibes and that, so let's yeah. jump to 2011 we're running really long here but i just want to say yeah. <laughs> i love the garden party gag even as somebody who was not loving where fish was musically uh at the time and that was me then that was it's not i don't necessarily share those feelings with my former self but um but when they came and did garden party and I just felt like it was just a great F you to anybody who wanted fish to be what they weren't. And that included me. Totally. That included me. I respected that so much. And uh, and soon it was a little while still before I saw them again. But I was like, good for you guys. Keep it up. Yeah, it felt really important, especially coming off of a very strong 1230 show. Um and it felt like I've always thought of the garden party message and wingsuit 10 months later as being very connected of we are going to evolve and adapt and grow the way that we see fit. We understand you're all still buying tickets. So if you're upset, if you're complaining, you don't have to be at the show. You don't have to listen to the music. This is how we're going to do it. Um, I love Which is it. why it was- they're still around. Which is why they're right. still around because they know yeah. we can evolve. Like at 2012, Fish probably had enough money to say we don't ever have to play music again, but they yeah. wanted to keep growing and evolving. So they were going to do it at their own pace. Yeah. Any artist yeah. that feels like they have to do certain things or people will be upset with them or that they owe people things, they don't, they don't last. Like that's not how art works. I'll also yeah, say I was right next to this. There. <laughs> I was right next to the stage at this show. Oh, cool. And uh, this is my first New Year's show, and it's the prettiest stage setup I've ever seen. It literally looked like an English garden. It was beautiful. Awesome. And watching it on on the webcast, yeah, uh, that's months, what I did. Years later is great. Uh, I watched it live. Like I'm on hiatus, but I'm still watching the webcast. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I really want to know more about this hiatus. We will talk. We'll take this offline. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was cool. I just, I was like, it, 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 it was cool. just, it was very cool setup. And then the golf carts and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like whirling by. Yeah. Next. 2013. Ooh, I like this show. I this love is a special 2013. Show. Yeah, this is actually the show that I wish I was at the most. I just feel like this is I, – I know we're running out of time. This is like my favorite New Year's Eve show because it's so sentimental. I think this show just obviously meant so much to the band. Yeah. And yep. imagining them coming out and playing in the middle of Madison Square Garden on a jump truck with hockey stick microphone stands, looking around, I think they really felt that moment. And like, you know, if you think about like Trey's been sober for five or six years or something at this point – like he's, I think the gratitude and just the appreciation yeah. for their journey and where they were and for the crowd. And just like this show seems super amazing. I think having no covers the whole weekend, just playing fish and looking at this set list, I'm like, oh my God, I mean, this is so fun. And just, I can't imagine what it was like to be in the room for this. And I really wish I was. I would like to have been there because I was no longer on my hiatus, but I just didn't go to the show. I, I, I broke that whole thing. Uh, and, and I was just finally, I was back on board hundred percent back on board soon to join a little scrappy little fish podcast. And, um, and yeah, it's just a kick-ass show. And this is one of the key examples of my ongoing theory that when, 
fish changes their stage arrangement and stands closer, they play better. Mm. I think that the the jump truck set is uh, I, I love it, and I think it energizes them and and it carried through into set three. Yeah, I I definitely vibe that. I, I the light in 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 set three is one of my favorite jams, and it's so mellow and it's so subtle. Uh, this was I was coming at the tail end of my second year in South Korea, so all of, I didn't see a single show in 2013, which makes me very sad because fall 2013 is one of my favorite tours of 3.0, uh, but one of my favorite tours ever. And I'm right there with you guys. Like there were complaints around the time that they weren't playing a 30th anniversary show. They played a 30th anniversary run. Like this whole run is their 30th anniversary. Like you said, Megan, there's not a single cover. They acknowledge it at the beginning of the down with disease on 1229. And they play this just like old school fish set, like set two could be from 1988. It could be from 1992. Like it is as old school as possible. I don't think Trey's playing like any pedals, maybe a tube screamer. Like it is just as pure sounding fish as you could get. And, you know, to go into after wingsuit to go into 2014 with odd Lang Syne into fuego, which is going to be the song of 2014 for fish in many ways. And then that goes into light, which has been the song that's carried fish from 2009 to 2013 as this like stalwart jam vehicle. It's just, it's such a cool moment for them. Um, I think I, I I, want to shout out to also, um, I think Megan, you may have mentioned this in a text earlier in the week, which is on the 93 show. Trey, you know, acknowledges that, you know, it's been 10 years. Thank you all so much, you know, and he's acknowledging Mm -hmm. it there. And here we are. 20 years later, which they play. And they're feeling that again. And they're feeling it and they're sharing it with us and giving back. So I think that we can combine kind of do these next few shows in chunks because something to me changes after 2013, where the show becomes much more about the gag and less about the musical output. And I think that there are some highlights, but they're fewer and far between. So I want to propose that we combine 14, 15, 16, and then 17, 18, 19, both as a time saver, but also like there's similarities across these. So I'm curious as you guys look at 14, 15, and 16, one of which is in um, uh, Miami and is the show that kicks off the run. Uh, and then the other two are at Madison Square Garden. The 2015 show is the middle show of the run, which just, I want to digress for one second. That's my preferred New Year's run. 30th, 31st, 1st, 2nd. Really, really interesting. Mm. You get it 1230, you get New Year's, New Year's is out of the way, and you've got two more shows to just be fish. I know, I know. You're like one of those who doesn't want Halloween to be the end of the thing, you know? I am. Christmas Eve is like so fun, you know? You want to have like the build up, not like the after. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I just, I love this setup. I can have it. You're wrong. All right, 2014, 15, 16. Name for me. What is your vibe about these shows and what is your biggest highlight? I think the tweezer from 2014 is gorgeous. It's soaring. Um, I think they, you know, they come in pretty good after like the chilling, thrilling set in Vegas, 2014. Um, I think the third set's really strong in 2015. 
And 2016, I was there. That was pretty cool to see the tab crew playing. Um, I remember during the third set, my husband, who has seen a handful of fish shows but is not a fan, turned to me and was like, wow, it's a lot of fish. Um, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> he was like, wow, this is a That's lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. This is not my favorite third set, though. Um, I like like a little bit more of an upbeat New Year's Eve party vibe. So yeah. those are my thoughts on those three years. Yeah, I feel like um, 2016 was a little controversial with some folks uh, yeah. because of the the guests throughout the set. Um, mm -hmm. But I want I, I do love the Petrichor gag. Like watching that the video from the live fish of it is just it's absolutely beautiful. And um, I also that's that's the year. Like yeah, so that was Marimba Illumina time you know when they were playing that yeah. a lot they get, get some of that in the piper um and yeah they had the drummer from hamilton there doing yeah awesome yeah they had cool. a whole bunch you know yeah. the horns from tab and all that through the, the third set and um but obviously don't forget that joint is the best part of that show <laughs> but it's great um and i don't have strong opinions about the other two so i'm gonna just gonna pass the mic to you brian I think that the gag on 12, 31, 2015 is one of the four or five strongest that we've ever seen from them. It's a subtle nod to their music. It is less about the spectacle and more about the music because they come out on this little stage. There's this cone that's been hanging over this section of MSG for the entire Small first stage and second theory set. Again. Small stage mm -hmm. theory. They play No Man in No Man's Land, this song that just felt like such a statement in 2015, you know, and it was one of those big songs that debuted summer 2015 is right there for me with fall 2013 and all of 2021 as just like, give me a show. I'll put it on. And I'm just happy. Um, I love the spacious weird jamming. And then just the way that they fake the crowd out and they, the, drops down the hourglass is all psychedelic they escape through the bottom hatch there's these loops playing and suddenly oh my god fish is back on stage playing odd lang syne it's just it's masterful uh i was at 12 31 16 um i went to 12 30 16 it is one of my three favorite fish shows i've ever attended in my entire life and to celebrate i stayed up all night and went very very hard <laughs> Oh my. And I had a horrific experience at 1231.16. I didn't think I was going to make the entire show. And I was just standing there like, oh my God, it's a three set show. So it's longer. Okay. Well, at least the gag will get me through it. And then I love the Petrichor watching it from afar now, but like being in the room, I had like a headache. Ibuprofen wouldn't do it water wouldn't oh. do it like i couldn't hold anything down it was it was a bad scene and uh so that show is not pace my yourself, children pace yeah. yourself well it's it was all worth it in the end because 12 30 16 is just like that <laughs> is a special special show like <laughs> I, I feel like i did i feel like i did the right thing <laughs> i really had like mixed this messages out here i just y'all be I careful epic approach the night with caution uh I had this epic twelve thirty, and it's these memories that live on in these like blotchy, you know, moments in time. But they were all good, and I paid for it the next day. And I, I feel like I, I earned whatever struggle I had on twelve thirty one sixteen. 
So let's jump. Let's 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 keep this going to 2017. Yeah. Is um that's the big Soul Planet gag, which I thought was just. I want to speak just about that. The production of that looked so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. It was so clever. Um, I know some people don't love the song. I don't care. Um, it it was just awesome. They turned the the stage into a ship. They turned the audience into the sea. They played, you know, then they played free and song. I heard the ocean sing. They get all this great like, song water songs, the rest of the set at absolutely, um, absolutely outstanding gag. And I think the other sets were, uh, pretty good too. We got a really good Jabu in set two and, uh, added some other good songs probably too. What do you guys think? I'm not yeah, taking thought, them as, as as a trio, I guess, but you know we can kind of. Yeah, we're. It. Yeah, I I think this was a really hard New Year's show to play, and they executed it really well. And I say that only because this is the Baker's Dozen year, and 2017 will forever be dominated by the Baker's Dozen. And I felt at the time, and I remember the fan base felt it at the time, and I've got to imagine Fish felt it at the time. I didn't really want the calendar to turn to 2018. 2017 fish was special and to play the last show of the year seemed like a daunting task. And it's interesting to look back at the show and think about soul planet as a song that so many people disdain for a variety of reasons, but has led to so many remarkable improvisational moments that start at this show. And it almost feels like this is a true page turn to the next era of fish. Let's say you Meg. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think that that God of Jabu is so great too. It's just like beautiful, beautiful blissy peaks. And I think I watched this one um, on the webcast, and I thought it was so cool. I just it was gorgeous. Oh, yeah, really, really cool, cool gag. And I think that yeah, I think I think I think it was a hard year for them to come out and play New Year's too. I think when you accomplish something as big as the Baker's dozen, it's a bit like where do you go? Yeah. I, I think there were some people who were making the case before New Year's was announced that they should they should like not play MSG. Not mm. uh, well, not not do it, but just you know maybe this should be a Miami year or something. Yeah, and like right. I get that. I know why they didn't do it, but I get that. Like I yeah. I get that, and it would have been an interesting result if they had done so, uh, but they didn't. Um, Twenty eighteen, I was there. I was there. That was fun. I really like this show a yeah. lot. I think this is a really good New Year's show. I mean, 2018 was another, like, you know, we thought, like you said, you didn't want 2017 to end for a good reason. It was just such a good year. But 2018, fall 2018, good year, good shows, good music. And these, these shows were pretty great. And the Mercury is the gag. Mm. Hell Yeah. Uh, Good gag. Santos. After that, I mean, it was just. I guess it was Mercury a sign of really like the gag. Maybe it was just like it was. The, it was kind of they were joined, right? So it was really a bit of yeah. A, they kind of jammed you know, into all the design, and then and they then went Santos into Santos was the party, and so fun, great show. I was up in the bridge, and so I I clambered down and pushed in with my friends to watch the stuff and then when santos came on i was like okay i'd see and i just moved back to where i couldn't see and just had you know had like miles of space to dance and that's where you could have found me all all night long and it was it was a great time i couldn't have told you 
half the songs they played when I walked out of there if I hadn't already pulled it up on my phone to go, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that, that was, you know, it's one of those nights, but it was a lot of fun. And the night before was so good. Yep. I mean, the, yeah. that that night before was so good. We talked about that um, last week, but, and the Down With Disease, that opener is just awesome. Builds such a good peak. I, I also love that, like, the farmhouse break in the second set after that one, I've heard that like Mike gave Trey like the stink eye when he like went into that. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go there right now. I don't know if that's true. And I heard someone writing about that, but um, I also like the seven below jam. The show was really good. And then yeah, that like, sequence, the yeah, disease, farmhouse, really seven below mm-hmm. twist, hood, passing through. Hood. I mean, passing through. Love that. Yeah. yeah it's so good. Cool. Yeah. The second set is awesome to me and it, and it takes mm-hmm. us back to, like kind of a calling card of really good New Year's shows where the second set is just a solid, fluid, heavy jamming set. You think of 95, mm-hmm. you think of 97, 98, you know. Uh, the Seven Below is one of my favorite jams of the run, and we're coming off of 1229 and 1230 being these two incredibly strong shows. And then the gag, Mercury Santos, it's really kind of a flex of how many new songs we have. Like we're going to bookend this with, with these two massive new songs. It's pretty impressive stuff. It really celebrates the, the year prior to yes. like, like you suggested uh, earlier that a, lo- a lot of these do. And this is a good example of uh, a new year's that does that. Um, and so we have, we have one more, we have one more. We have one more. We're going to close out with the final new Year's show that fish has played. I'm just going to come on and say it. I don't like this show. I just get very bad vibes from this show for a variety of reasons. (laughs) (laughs) It's got good moments, but like all I remember about this show is Trey being stuck and then coronavirus taking over. Like that is what I think Mm. about when I think about this show. You can't blame Fish for the 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 Rona, dude. I'm not blaming him. I'm just this is the vibe I get. It's just it's it's me, but I get it. I have waited for I some mathematical number of years to hear fish sing send in the clowns and we got it we got it by god no um <laughs> I think it was a cool show I love the gag I think it sucked that it 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 you know broke um and I think it's impressive that they carried on the way as, as to the point mm-hmm. the extent that they did um Again, I think set two, just like the year before, is really strong. I think set one is actually really, really strong. I mean, Martian monster buried alive, uh, bag. I mean, that stuff's it's good, and um, yeah, that's quality, quality fish band, quality music, and it's you know would have set up an amazing 2020 if there had really been a 2020. So <laughs> <laughs> I am just, uh, I'm hoping that this year. There is a redemption in order for, for fish closing out an incredible year of fish of 2021. And I'm very excited to see what, ha- whatever happens. I'm Same. jealous of uh, Megan. You will be there. Will you be at the new year's show? TBD. I'll be at the other TBD. three for sure, but TBD cool. about new year's Eve. Fair. John, are you going to be at any of them? Oh no, no, no. Me, me either. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm a bit sad about it, but I will enjoy it from my couch. Um, exactly. 
All that said, we are going to close out today's show. We will be back on Tuesday. Next week, we have two shows where we're going to be talking a bit more about MSG in depth, um, as well as kind of what we're hoping for potentially from uh, Fish MSG this year. Before we go really quickly, we just need to shout out our presenting sponsors. Oh, can I can I can I run the, with this uh, shift? Because I want to I want to inform everybody that HF Pod on Tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, based and sold in Colorado. Shift sells flour, pre rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. So please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Megan, you want to tell us about Section One Nineteen? Yeah, we also want to remind you about our sponsor, Section 119. Right now, they're running their biggest promo ever, so you can score up to 30% off for the holidays. So visit section119.com to check them out. Find cool gifts for your wife, your cool aunt, your cool uncle, or yourself at section119.com. I just want to say really fast thank you to anybody who actually stuck around for this whole thing. Wow. This has been, it, this was fun to do. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys, but I don't know who else I had to like, God bless everybody <laughs> who stuck around for those 90 minutes. Thank you to great. our listeners. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.